Welcome to the Cathedral of St. Jude the Apostle in St. Petersburg for this live broadcast of the Diaconate Ordination here in the Diocese of St. Petersburg. My name is John Morris. I'm the station manager with Spirit FM. Happy to have you alongside uh, with us as you uh, travel about and listen uh, from wherever you are. And we also want to welcome in Deacon Mike Sweeney, who's joining us for the first time up in the Mary Jo Murphy booth high above the uh, corner of the uh, altar area, I'll call it, um, at the cathedral. Deacon Mike, welcome. Thank you, John. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, this is such a great day. Normally I'm vested down with my brother deacons, dozens of deacons from the diocese. Uh, but today I have the view of the angels. There you go. Uh, Deacon Mike, now you serve at uh, St. Stephen Catholic Church in Valrico uh, Riverview area. Yeah, that's right. St. Stephen is... I mean, there's a special feeling for St. Stephen for me because he was the first martyr deacon in the Catholic Church. So while today is a great day, this really, this spans 2,000 years of great history for the diaconate that I'm sure we'll talk about during this beautiful Mass. Yep. So today we're, uh, the Bishop Gregory Parks will be uh, welcoming and ordaining eight men to the uh, order of a diaconate. What is, what is a deacon? Yeah, that's a great question. So early in the church, the bishops, the first bishops realized that they just can't do it all. So what ended up happening was they laid hands, which is the act of ordination. They laid hands on seven men and they gave these men the, the job to assist the bishop, basically in whatever the bishop needed. Now, a lot of the job has changed over the thousands of years, but a lot of it is still the same. So while we are celebrating this great rite of ordination today, a lot of what we are going to be hearing today, it, it really it's 2,000 years of history that is just repeated over and over every time we have a new ordination class. Sure, and as, we, as you said, as we go through, we'll talk a little bit about what the role of the deacon is and so forth. Uh, the procession has started, the altar servers, uh, the thurifer has already moved in, and now the, the the candidates for the diaconate are coming in. They do not move up to the altar area. They are seated at the front of the um, congregation uh, as you process in. The uh, Deacon Jim Grievenitis is bringing the uh, the book in, and then um, we have a the procession of the already ordained deacons that are coming in. I understand there's about 35 to 40 of them here uh, on hand to witness this most historic occasion. Um, and the deacons that, that, that are, are candidates are sitting with their families uh, against the aisle, four on each side of the uh, main aisle, the main transept, and, and um, the deacons are now making their way around the altar to sit uh, behind the, uh, the altar in the seating area. And I know there's a good number of priests here as well. Yeah, you're talking dozens of members of the clergy. Interesting fact, as we look down upon the candidates, Sit, those who are married, they sit right next to their wives, as John was saying. The real power in that relationship is the wife. The deacon, uh, these candidates, could not possibly receive this rite of ordination without the approval of the wives. So if the wives said, no, my husband is not to do this, the bishop would not ordain them. You and I uh, both had a chance to talk to uh, a handful of the deacons uh soon to be anyway and it was interesting uh, you know i talked to one and we may play the clip a little bit later on uh they were all supportive you know and there was one and he said i'm not ashamed to say it and i don't think she would be either that 
she had some real questions because, you know, as you go into the diaconate, you, you, and you're married, you sort of have plans for what's going to happen in retirement. Yeah. And a lot of that retirement is really giving your life to the church instead of doing a lot of traveling. Yeah. So she, but, but she came around, obviously, because they're here today. Yeah, I also talked with some wives and one of the candidates, and there was a common theme of nervousness, but also excitement and a whole lot of joy. So the priests are now, uh, of the diocese are now making their way in, and, um, you know, every one of these men that are candidates has a, has a faith journey. One of the ones that we spoke with was Sean Ryan. Uh, Sean is a parishioner, in fact, at St. Stephen in yeah. Rico and will be serving there. Here's a little bit about what he had to say. My early years, no, I wasn't Catholic. It was fourth grade when I was baptized and received my first communion, and when we actually, as a family, started attending Mass. It was there that the journey actually began. I realized I was being called to serve. It was a process. It took a few years for me to understand what was happening as I was feeling that there was more that God wanted from me. It was through prayer and a, and a lot of discernment that it finally came to realization that I was being that was being pulled to the diaconate. It does take a lot of prayer. That was Sean Ryan, deacon candidate from uh, St. Stephen's uh, in Valrico. Let's go through the names real quick of some of the guys that are coming in, and we'll be talking and hearing from some of them. John Gertis, he's a uh, longtime St. Pete Catholic. Uh, well, he was a St. Pete Catholic as an athletic director one time, currently serving at Clearwater Central Catholic as the AD. Um, he's been a longtime a resident of St. Petersburg. He and his family grew up here, right here at the cathedral where, is where he'll be serving. Uh, Scott Moore and his uh, wife, uh, Mary Beth, who's been supporting him all along. Uh, they've been at Our Lady of Lourdes uh, Catholic Church, and they will be, he'll be serving there. Sean Ryan, we mentioned a moment ago. Paul Benefati, who is uh, coming into the uh, diaconate today, very active and LPMI and uh, Emmaus, Worldwide Marriage Encounter and so forth. And um, he's been uh, a parishioner at St. Paul uh, right here. And then of course, uh, Joe Gramado, uh, he is a parishioner at Our Lady of the Rosary in Land Lakes. Michael Hurst, it uh, lives out in Plant City and um, he will be serving at St. Clement. Charles Glass, uh, in Tampa has uh, been at St. Paul uh, Catholic Church. They'll be serving there as well as uh, Dr. Bill Steffen. Goes by Bill. Today he'll be known as William, but uh, friends call him Bill. Uh, he's also going to be, uh, he's been a longtime parishioner at St. Paul in Tampa. And uh, we'll be hearing uh, more about his conversion and many others uh, throughout this broadcast. But do you remember when you were? Uh, ordained deacon. Oh, absolutely. And it was at this point where I was walking up the center aisle of not this cathedral, but St. Patrick's Cathedral in New York City, and tears were streaming. Really? Because, oh, yeah, just hearing the, the music and, and the realization that five years of preparing for this rite um, were, were culminating at this point. Bishop Gregory Parks is now incensing the altar, this incense rising up to God along with our prayers and really making this sanctuary area, the area of the altar, just turning it into this beautiful sacred place where the angels and the saints can come join us. Amen. 
Yeah, the cathedral is uh, the uh, altarry, I should say, is surrounded by a uh, just bouquets of flowers uh, recognizing the season of the year, orange and yellows. Here's Bishop Parks. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, peace be with you. Good morning and welcome to the Cathedral of St. Jude the Apostle as we gather in joy and with joy this morning. These eight men, our brothers, are being called to the order of deacon. We welcome each of you as well as your wives, your family and friends who have joined us here today. Let us begin by acknowledging our sins and so preparing ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. Lord Jesus, you came to gather the nations into the peace of God's kingdom. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. You come in word and sacrament to strengthen us in holiness. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. You will come in glory with salvation for your people. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life.
Let us pray. O God, who have taught the ministers of your church to seek not to be served, but to serve their brothers and sisters, grant, we pray, that these your servants, whom you graciously choose today for the office of deacon, may be effective in action, gentle in ministry, and constant in prayer. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. Bishop Parks makes his way to his chair, the Catherine, and we will have the first reading uh, for today's service from the Old Testament. It'll be Numbers chapter 3. Verses 5 through 9. Lectura del libro de los números. En aquellos días el Señor le dijo a Moisés: Convoca a la tribu de Leví y ponla a la disposición del sacerdote Aarón. Estarán a su servicio they shall discharge his obligations and those of the whole community before the meeting tent by serving at the dwelling. They shall have custody of all the furnishings of the meeting tent and discharge the duties of the children of Israel in the service of the dwellings. You shall give the Levites to Aaron and his sons. They have been set aside among the children of Israel as dedicated to me. The word of the Lord. Psalms 117 will be proclaimed. Go out to all the world and tell the second reading will come from uh, the Acts of the Apostles chapter 6 verses 1 through 7 a reading from the Acts of the Apostles 
As the number of disciples continued to grow, the Hellenists complained against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution. So the twelve called together the community of disciples and said, It is not right for us to neglect the word of God to serve at table. Brothers, select from among you seven reputable men filled with the spirit and wisdom who we shall appoint to this task whereas we shall devote ourselves to prayer and the ministry of the word. The proposal was acceptable to the whole community, so they chose Stephen, a man filled with faith and the Holy Spirit, also Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas of Antioch, a convert to Judaism. They presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid hands on them. The word of God continued to spread, and the number of disciples in Jerusalem increased greatly. The word of the Lord. Exactly what you talked about in the outset. Those were the seven that you spoke of uh, in our in our opening, and um, exactly what their jobs are: devote themselves to prayer, to the ministry of the word. And, and I know that you, in your role, you serve as the what head musician at St. Stephen's. Yeah, I think everyone, a lot of people think that being a deacon is serving at the altar. And while that is true, it is an important job. It's, it's a small part of the job. What's happening now in the cathedral is Bishop Parks is preparing and blessing the incense. There are several times during a liturgy where incense is used at the beginning the altar is incensed. Now, as the trumpets are blaring and the Alleluia is going to be sung, the incense will be used to bless the book of the Gospels. And a little bit later at the offertory, as the altar is once again prepared for the gifts and the Eucharistic sacrifice, the altar is incensed again. The head of the office of the diaconate, Deacon John, uh, Jim Rubenitis uh, makes his way around and will looks like he'll be proclaiming the gospel on behalf of Bishop. Prior to lifting the book of the gospels off the altar, he actually receives a blessing from the bishop. What does the bishop say to him? What are those words? Do you, you know, remember? I, I don't remember. It's it's actually the same words that a priest will use every Sunday, but it's drawing, I'm drawing a blank on it. But you, <laughs> you, it's like every other blessing that need, that ends in the name of the Father and right. the Son. Sure. Basically, what you're doing is the bishop or the priest is telling you to worthily proclaim the gospel. This is a, a big job. This is an important job that not anyone, not just anyone, can proclaim the gospel in the liturgy. It has to be an ordained person. So the bishop is telling uh, Deacon Jim, in this case, to proclaim this gospel worthily. It's not to be taken lightly or as a joke. This is really a sacred moment of this liturgy. Everyone in the cathedral, of course, stands for the proclamation. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. 
Jesus summoned his disciples and said to them, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them, and the great ones make their authority over them felt. But it shall not be so among you. Rather, whoever wishes to be great among you shall be your servant. And whoever wishes to be first among you, you shall be, shall be your slave. Just so. The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. The Gospel of the Lord. cathedral returns to their seat. And it appears... Let those to be ordained deacons come forward. The voice of Deacon Jim Paul Benfanti. John Gerdes. At this point, the eight candidates' names are proclaimed and the candidate responds with the word present. Charles Glass. Joseph Grimato. Those all on the right side if you're facing the altar. Michael Hurst. They stand and walk to the, I guess, front of each side of the Scott congregation. Moore. All of the candidates are dressed in white albs. They will receive their Dalmatic shortly. Sean Ryan. And there are four chairs William on each side Stephen. of which they will take a seat momentarily. Most Reverend Father, Holy Mother Church asks you to ordain these men, our brothers, to the responsibility of the diaconate. Do you know them to be worthy? After inquiry among Christian people and upon the recommendation of those concerned with their formation, I testify that they have been found worthy. Relying on the help of the Lord God and of our Savior Jesus Christ, we choose these, our brothers, for the order of the diaconate. And the congregation affirms that call with a rousing applause. This kind of sends chills up you. 
Yeah, the, the rector is asked to come and vouch for all of these candidates, as the bishop can't possibly know everyone. The rector stands up for these candidates and says, yes, they are worthy to receive this right of ordination. and sisters in Christ, on behalf of my brother priests and deacons present, again we welcome you here to the Cathedral of St. Jude the Apostle, as well as those watching this liturgy today by means of live stream for this ordination to the diaconate. As I mentioned right at the beginning of Mass, today is a day of joy for the Diocese of St. Petersburg. As we call these eight men, our brothers, to the diaconate, they come from a variety of professions, and their journey here today has taken varied paths. They have been called by God to serve you, his people. Always remember to support them and to pray for them as they seek to fulfill God's calling. And I ask you to pray that more men will answer the call to serve as priests, deacons, and religious. My dear brothers, a few moments ago when your name was called, you responded, present. In doing so, you have publicly stated that you are present not only for this ordination liturgy, but that you are present to do the will of God. Your yes to serve God as a deacon is of course a response to the invitation that he first extended to you, to serve him and his people with humility and charity. Know that we are grateful for your yes to God's call and that our prayers are with you. I'm also grateful to your wives and to your families who have supported you during these years of formation. I recognize that there have been many sacrifices that have had to be made to complete all that has been asked of you. In essence, your families have walked this journey with you, and they will continue to be a source of support and encouragement as you begin your diaconal service. Always remember to pray for them and to offer them the same love and dedication with which you will serve others. In today's gospel just proclaimed, Jesus speaks to his disciples about the need to become servants. He says, whoever wishes to be great among you shall be your servant. Whoever wishes to be first among you shall be your slave. The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. At the core of your call to the diaconate is the mandate 
to serve. The word deacon is derived from the Greek word diakonia, which of course means service. And through the sacred order that you receive today, you are called to a threefold diakonia, service of the word, of the altar, and of charity. In exercising the diakonia of the word, you will proclaim, preach, teach, and live in service to the gospel. In fulfilling this responsibility, you will be heralds of good news and give hope to a world that desperately needs both. And while this is and will be a labor of love and joy, it can also be difficult and challenging at times because we live in an age to a great extent that either doesn't know God or chooses to live as if he doesn't matter. Do not become discouraged if sometimes your words seem to fall on deaf ears. Know that the Lord, the source of hope, is always with you. As Pope Francis has said, quote, we accompany, we follow Jesus, but above all we know that he accompanies us and carries us on his shoulders. This is our joy. This is the hope that we must bring to the world, close quote. Shortly, I will place the book of the Gospels in your hands and speak the following words. Receive the Gospel of Christ, whose herald you have become. Believe what you read, teach what you believe, and practice what you teach. My brothers, remain resolute in joyfully preaching the gospel and in courageously living the gospel that you preach. In exercising diakonia at the altar, you will minister at the table of the Lord by assisting the bishop and the priests in the sacred celebration of the Eucharist. In addition, you will distribute the body and blood of Christ to those present as well as bringing the blessed sacrament to the sick and homebound. In doing so, you will be the instrument by which God's people receive the very Lord himself, body, blood, soul, and divinity. Always remember that to serve at the altar in front of a congregation does not imply a position of honor but rather requires a true spirit of humble service of the mysteries which are celebrated. You also will be called to be a leader of prayer, to celebrate the sacraments of baptism, sacrament of baptism, to assist that in blessed marriages, to bring viaticum to the dying and to lead certain funeral rites as we commend the deceased the faithful to the Lord's mercy. See in each of these special duties the opportunity to be an instrument of Christ's love to those whom you will serve. In exercising the agony of charity, you will fulfill the commandment of the Lord to love one another 
as I love you. This love or charity will take many different forms. You will be called to provide and care for the poor, the elderly, shut-ins, the homeless, the incarcerated, and those who have lost their way in life. In other words, you are called to love the least, the lost, and the last among us. When we reflect upon the public ministry of Jesus, we see that much of his time was spent not with the wealthy and the powerful, but rather the sick, the widow, and the sinner of his day. See in those you serve the face of Christ, and love and serve them as you would Christ himself. And finally, be men of prayer. Find strength and guidance in your own personal prayer, and in the liturgy of the hours that you, which you will pray with and for the people of God. Lead others in prayer. Teach others how to pray. And do not be afraid to ask others to pray for you. We recall that special moment on the balcony at St. Peter's Basilica in Rome when greeting the world for the first time, Pope Francis said, quote, Now I would like to give my blessing, but first I will ask a favor. Before the bishop blesses his people, he asks that you pray to the Lord to bless me. And for, ask for and receive with gratitude the prayers of those you will serve. As your bishop, know that you have my gratitude, love, and support in this ministry which you are undertaking. We share the same diaconal character. Before a man can be ordained a priest, he is first ordained a deacon. And the diaconal character received in that ordination remains with the priest throughout his priestly ministry. It's not something that's lost with ordination to the priesthood. And the same is true for bishops. That's why today I wear the dalmatic under this chasuble. It's a sign that I still retain the diaconal character received at my ordination and a sign of solidarity with you who are ordained deacons today. In a few moments, we will invoke the prayers and blessings of the saints, those holy men and women who have gone before us, who walked the path that we walk, who faced great challenges and suffering in their zeal to fulfill God's call for their lives, and yet who excelled in virtue and in holiness. And we invoke the intercession of Mary, the mother of God, and our mother. May she who gave herself perfectly to God's will obtain for you the graces that you will need to become the good and faithful servants that the Lord has called you to be. Through your ministry, May you courageously live the gospel and lead others to do the same, as always, for the glory of God's name.
Amen. The words of Bishop Parks. Now begins the actual rite of ordination where these men, these candidates, these elect will in just a few moments be deacons. And what happens is they receive a mark on their soul that can never be removed. Like a baptismal. Yeah. Yeah. The weight of the office, the weight of the book of the Gospels can be overwhelming. Dear sons, before you proceed to the order of the diaconate, you must declare before the people your resolve to undertake this office. So I ask you, do you resolve to be consecrated for the ministry of the church through the laying on of, of my hands and the gift of the Holy Spirit? Do you resolve to discharge with humble charity the office of the diaconate so as to assist the order and to benefit the Christian people? Do you resolve to hold fast to the mystery of faith with a clear conscience, as the apostle says, and to proclaim this faith by word and deed according to the gospel and the church's tradition? Do you resolve to guard and increase the spirit of prayer proper to your way of life? And in keeping with the spirit and the circumstances of your life, to celebrate faithfully the liturgy of the hours with and for the people of God and indeed for the whole world. Do you resolve to conform your manner of life always to the example of Christ whose body and blood you will handle at the altar. Each candidate now comes forward individually, makes his way over to the bishop. The candidate will kneel in front of the bishop with hands clasped and the bishop will surround his hands. Do you promise respect and obedience to me and my successors? May God who has begun the good work in you bring it to fulfillment. As I began to say earlier, the, the weight of the office, the weight of the gospel book can be overwhelming, but if you have the Holy Spirit with you, the weight doesn't matter. Do you promise respect and obedience to me and my successors? I do. May God, who has begun the good work in you, bring it to fulfillment. That's John Gertis, uh, who was kneeling there you know he served as an altar boy in this same cathedral as a child mm -hmm. uh, back uh, many many years ago and he was so excited to be able to come back and serve you at the promise altar here. respect and obedience to me and my successors I do may God who has begun the good work in you bring it to fulfillment 
the men are being reminded that it's God that is doing this today. Do you promise respect and obedience to me and my successors? I do. May God, who has begun the good work in you, bring it to fulfillment. And that promise includes, uh, you know, obeying the bishop. And when he says, uh, Deacon, I need you to go to this place in ministry. And that's, this is why. Uh, you got to be obedient Do to that. Do you promise respect and obedience to me and my successors? I do. May God, who has begun the good work in you, bring it to fulfillment. In addition to obedience to the bishop, you are also promising obedience to his successors. That's right. It's, it's interesting. When Bishop, often when you talk to him personally, he often refers to himself as Bishop, not as Bishop Parks, but as the office. and obedience hmm. to me and my successors? I do. May God, who has begun the good work in you, bring it to fulfillment. Another thing that these elect are going to be, that, that they did promise, actually, is that they will pray the liturgy of the hours every day, morning prayer and evening prayer at least. Do you promise respect and obedience to me and my successors? I do. May God, who has begun the good work in you, bring it to fulfillment. More and more people are praying the liturgy of the hours. It's not just something that happens in monasteries. Every three or four hours, communities come together, pray the Psalms. And the role that these men will take will be anything from Do you promise respect and office managers to me and my business managers to I do. May God who has community. begun the good work in you bring it to fulfillment. Uh, maybe assisting with um, marriage or baptismal prep. Um, as you do, you, you perform music. Uh, our chancellor, uh, Deacon Rick Wells, serves as chancellor for the diocese as well as works as it at his own parish. Bishop invokes everyone to stand now. Let us pray, that, pray, dearly beloved, that God, the Almighty Father, will in his mercy pour out the grace of his blessing on these his servants whom he is pleased to receive into the order, sacred order of the diaconate. Will the assembly please kneel? This is the point where we call upon the saints to pray for us and these men lie prostrate on the floor in total obedience and submission to the church. Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. Before the ordination, I had a chance to talk to a number of the men, uh, specifically about this part of the service, and I spoke to Deacon John 
uh, soon to be Deacon John Curtis, about what this part of the service, what might be going through his head as he lays on the on the floor of the of the uh, cathedral. Well, that's a you know that's a hard question to say. I absolutely know what will be going through my mind, but I would think I I, I would hope that I'll hear from the Holy Spirit to just be calm. And, you know, the Father will take care of this. He'll give you what you need. And I've had that uh, conversation before. That you know what, we've given you the toolbox that you need. Now it's just up to you to use it. So I think I'll hear that. I also think I'll hear about my mom and dad in heaven, especially my mom who just passed away in April. And I had really hoped that she would make it this far. And she actually, you know, would tell me, John, I hope I make it that far. And I assured her, Mom, you'll be there one way or another. And perhaps it'll be with dad at your side. So uh, I think I'll hear a lot about my mom and dad. Some of the men here have uh, one parent or two here. Some, uh, their parents have gone on before them. But it's good to see that all of them have family here of some sort. It's a nice crowd at the cathedral. Just about every seat is filled. Stefan also reflects on what he might be thinking at this time. It's going to be just a wonderful culmination of a, of a lifelong process of discernment. I can't even imagine how that's going to feel. I, I would assume that it is going to be a very a joyful experience and a very enlightening experience. I think the res weight of that responsibility you know, the, that same feeling you get when you get married or, or when you have your first child and you realize, wow, uh, my life is now changed forever and there's a new new reality that I have to deal with. So I think there's some, some awe and reverence that's going to come with that moment as well. And, and that's a real, a real deal there because I can certainly identify with uh, having children and being married. Now there are new responsibilities it's not just looking about about yourself but you're taking on the uh, much of the weight of the congregation and those that need you individually yeah and the people are broken you know whether they're in marriages that are struggling or maybe even a marriage that has not been brought into the church a lot of what these men will be doing is bringing marriages in and marrying young couples and bringing healing to marriages marriage is such a huge part of the diaconate ministry. There will also be opportunities for these men to be chaplains in different places. Bless and sanctify these chosen Sanctify and consecrate these chosen men. Bring all peoples together in peace and true harmony. Comfort with your mercy the troubled and the afflicted. 
Please stand. Lord God, mercifully hear our prayers and kindly accompany with your help what we are about to do by virtue of our office. Sanctify with your blessing those whom in our judgment we believe are worthy to be offered for the exercise of sacred ministries through Christ our Lord. The men are now standing up for the first time in five to ten minutes, slowly rising to their feet. One of the things to remember is they're wearing an alb still, and it's not that easy getting off of a floor. No, I was thinking the same thing. So the elect will now individually approach Bishop Parks where he will lay his hands upon the head of each and call down the Holy Spirit and this is where that mark of the soul takes place that will never be removed from these men the bishop prays silently over the head of each man each one comes kneels before him And remember, this is not a transitional diaconate. There are two types of diaconates. There's the permanent, which is going on today, and the transitional, where a, uh, the transition from a layperson to the diaconate and then to the priesthood. Um, this is a, a, a permanent deal. So the one of the things about becoming a, a permanent deacon is that once your spouse passes away, if you're married, you cannot remarry. Right. Yeah, so it is a, um, and there are also cases of men being ordained to the permanent diaconate who are not married to begin with. Correct. Now, one of the additional promises that they make is the promise of chastity, where they will not even attempt to marry down the road. Or anything like that, right. Bishop Parks is wearing his mitre, which is the headdress. It's a shield in the front, a shield in the back, and two uh, pieces of cloth that drape in the in the back. It's a headdress that is put on and then removed several times throughout the ordination. I heard at one time it was uh, like a symbolization of the fire of the spirit. Have you heard that one? I have not heard that, but I can. I have heard not only the mitre but also the crozier, the the staff that right. he carries. It dates back to those ancient times and really Judaism. So the Jewish faith is where all of our, well, most of our, a lot of our customs anyway, right. come from. Including the uh, vestments. Correct. Yeah. yeah. In a little while, these men are going to receive the Dalmatic, which looks a lot 
like what the priest wears. It is not the same, though. The way to tell the difference is the deacon has sleeves. Okay. Where the chasuble that a priest and a bishop wears. Now, right now, they're in white vestments. What would you call that? That's an alb. That is actually similar to what an, an altar server would wear on a Sunday. last of the men is now approaching Bishop Parks for the laying on of hands. And Bishop Parks now removes that same mitre where he will now extend his hands over the elect who will be kneeling. This time they have placed pillows on the hard marble floors of the sanctuary. And at this point, Bishop Parks will say the prayer of ordination. Draw near, we pray, almighty God, giver of every grace, who apportion every order and assign every office, while remaining unchanged you make all things new, and setting all things in order with everlasting providence, you make due provision for every age, through your word, your power, and your wisdom, Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. You grant that your church, his body, adorned with manifold heavenly graces, drawn together in the diversity of her members and united by a wondrous bond through the Holy Spirit, should grow and spread forth to build up a new temple, as once you chose the sons of Levi to minister in the former tabernacle. So now you establish three ranks of ministers in their sacred offices to serve your name. Thus, in the first days of your church, your son's apostles, led by the Holy Spirit, appointed seven men of good repute to help them in the daily ministry so that they might devote themselves more fully to prayer and the preaching of the word. By prayer and the laying on of hands, they entrusted to these chosen men the ministry of serving at table. Look favorably also on these your servants, we pray, O Lord, who we humbly dedicate to serve at your holy altars in the office of the diaconate. Send forth the Holy Spirit upon them, O Lord, we pray, that they may be strengthened by the gift of your sevenfold grace to carry out faithfully the work of the ministry. May every evangelical virtue abound in them, unfeigned love, concern for the sick and the poor, unassuming authority, the purity of innocence, and the observance of spiritual discipline. May the precepts shine forth in their conduct, that by the example of their manner of life they may inspire the imitation of your holy people. In offering the witness of a good conscience, may they remain firm and steadfast in Christ, 
so that imitating your Son on earth, who came not to be served but to serve, they may be found worthy to reign with him in heaven, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. You are listening to WBVM Tampa. This is the broadcast of the ordination of to the diaconate from the Cathedral of St. Jude the Apostle in St. Petersburg. I'm John Morris along with Deacon Mike Sweeney. We're happy to have you along today. And Deacon, what's, what's taking place now? Praise be to God. These men are now deacons. So their wives have brought up their new vestment, which is the Dalmatic. This is very similar to what the priest wears, except it has sleeves. But first, before they receive the Dalmatic, they receive the the stole, which is sort of the sash that will be placed over the left shoulder and then draped to the right hip of each new deacon. This stole is, you don't need the Dalmatic. You do need the stole when you're serving at a mass, and that changes colors depending on, on the season. season. Yeah. So... What's the significance of the stole? It just shows that it's an official um, sacrament that's going on? It, it's actually, again, dates back to Judaism, to those ancient times where these holy vestments were laid upon the people with this new office, this new title. So it's a symbol of their their new title, their new, their new office. office. Right. And that's really the, the one of the great things about our church is that um, the vestments uh, show the importance of an office, like a, a, a medal or a stripe on a, uh, a military officer's uniform shows uh, their, their rank, so to speak, and, and importance. Absolutely. And Bishop Parks, as he mentioned before, he was ordained first a deacon, and he, he received a Dalmatic, and he is actually wearing that today underneath his chasuble. Many of the pastors or those priests that influenced these men had a uh, role, came down to help vest as well. I see uh, Monsignor Gibbons. I saw see Monsignor Mike Moore. Uh, saw Father John Tapp down there at one point. So, John, one of the very interesting things is about to take place and uh, that is the kiss of peace. And there's going to be some, oh, no, first, first we receive the book of the Gospels. But during the kiss of peace, which we'll talk about in a few moments, there's a choreography that takes place where some deacons switch chairs. Right. But first is the handing on of the book of the Gospels. Receive the gospel of Christ, whose herald you have become. Believe what you read. Teach what you believe and practice what you teach. Bishop Parks is holding a book of the Gospels and each new deacon comes up to him at his chair and holds on to that same book. Receive the Gospel of Christ, whose herald you have become. Believe what you read, teach what you believe, and practice what you teach.
receive the gospel of Christ, whose herald you have become. Believe what you read, teach what you believe, and practice what you teach. You really have to give a lot of credit to Bishop Parks because not only is he wearing his clerics, the black shirt with the white collar, he also has the dalmat or his alb, the dalmatic, and the chasuble. Receive the gospel of Christ, whose herald you have become. Believe what you read, teach what you believe, and practice what you teach. So he's wearing four layers of clothing. It's got to be heavy, if nothing else. Heavy, and you're also under spotlight, so everyone can see him. Right. Receive the gospel of Christ, whose herald you have become. Believe what you read, teach what you believe, and practice what you teach. That was Deacon William Steppen. Deacon Sean Ryan now receiving the Book of Gospels. Receive the Gospel of Christ, whose herald you have become. Believe what you read, teach what you believe, and practice what you teach. Receive the Gospel of Christ, whose herald you have become. Believe what you read, teach what you believe, and practice what you teach. Receive the gospel of Christ, whose herald you have become. Believe what you read, teach what you believe, and practice what you teach. Now Bishop stands, and we'll exchange the sign of peace with a holy peace kiss with you. to each one. Not only will Bishop Parks have the peace spontaneous peace. applause, unplanned. So all of these new deacons, not only will they receive the kiss of peace from Bishop Parks, but now their brother deacons that are in threat, that are present here today will also give the kiss of peace to all of them. Will the priest do as well? That's a good question. Uh, they probably will because they also are deacons. Sure. It's not an actual kiss of peace. It's uh, more a of hug. a hug. Sure, yeah. sure. Well, we've got a moment. Uh, you know, each one of these men have a specific journey. Somehow they got to this day uh, through various ways. And I, I spoke with uh, Joe Gramado, Deacon Joe Gramado, uh, about his journey. Here's what he had to say where the call became clear was I set up a meeting with my pastor at the time, Father Dennis Hughes, who's retired now, was at St. Peter the Apostle, and we sat down, and, you know, my intent was to ask him, you know, what school should I look at? I probably need to do this online, you know, what, what can I do? And he just kind of looked up, and took a real deep breath, and just said, have you ever considered the diaconate? And 
you just tell it was truly the Holy Spirit working through him. And my answer was, no, I haven't, but sounds like something that I need to begin praying about and seeing what's what's there. So began again to pray. And about two to three weeks later, we were on a cruise with our best friends. It was me and my best friend, John, and we were, it was about 11 o'clock. We were having a cup of coffee, sitting in one of the little, you know, sitting areas, just talking about life. And all of a sudden he just said, Joe, I really have to tell you something. I said, okay, sure, whatever. He just kind of again looked up and he said, I've had visions of you serving as a deacon in the church. And we both just kind of sat and looked at each other and again, just felt the presence of the Holy Spirit. And I said, okay. And I shared the story of the meeting with Father Dennis and said, this sounds like a pretty strong call. So that Monday when we got back from the cruise, called the diaconate office and I was actually, I had just missed the application for that that class. So I had a whole year to just discern and pray on my own and just felt the call grow stronger and stronger and then began the discernment process through the diaconate formation program and here I am today. Uh, Joe Gramado uh, on his call. You know, all of them have a different walk. Uh, crazy story with Joe. Back in, I think, 2014, he got a flu shot. And he had a reaction to it that paralyzed him. It, it won in a million, but it paralyzed him for months to where he had to give up his dentistry practice. He had to learn to walk again. He was paralyzed from pretty much mid-chest down. But it all came back to him over time, but he still struggles a little bit. But during that time, he, he felt a, a call that maybe uh, this saving grace sort of called him to do more. And um, here he is today. So, um, a little bit more about some of the other uh, other guys uh, that are that are coming in today. Um, we mentioned uh, John Gertis a little bit ago. Um, talk about Scott Moore. Yeah, Scott Moore and his wife Mary Beth. They have four children. Three of them are married. Five grandchildren. They've been at Our Lady of Lords Catholic Church and parishioners for over 20 years. Scott, born and raised. He's a local boy. Born and raised in Dunedin, he converted to Catholicism in 1990. He's a graduate of Florida State University with a bachelor's and a master's in accounting. Much smarter than me, clearly. <laughs> Certified public accounting accountant, and he's uh, he's held positions as a chief financial officer and CFO consultant since 2010. He loves being with his family. He loves sports. He loves playing with his grandchildren. And now he's a man of God. He is a cleric. He is an ordained deacon. Paul Benfani has uh, been married for 33 years. He's got a couple of grown kids, uh, Ariana and Alexander. They also have a granddaughter. They've lived in St. Pete for 12 years and attend uh, St. Paul uh, Catholic Church here in St. Pete. He's a, he's a retired veteran, um, he and his wife, Cindy. And um, right now he's, he's kind of slowing down in his pediatric orthopedic surgery practice so if you uh you want to get under the knife with him you know you you've got good things going with a deacon and a doctor and uh, yeah, there you go uh, he likes to swim paint garden and just spend time with his family he went through the lpmi program and has been active in emmaus and worldwide marriage encounter and just looks forward to continue growing in his faith a lot of these activities that we're listing off 
they will no longer be able to do because they're going to get wrapped up in church ministries. Um, the last of the deacons is going through to embrace the newly ordained deacons. It looks like the priests will not be making this procession. That interesting choreography that I mentioned before, that's going to take place now. The seats held by Deacon Glenn Smith and Deacon Jim Grebenitis have been vacated. They are no longer flanking Bishop Parks. And now, newly ordained deacons John Gertis and Michael Hurst will now flank and take over those roles that those two deacons were taking. They will now be taken over by these newly ordained deacons. And the deacons will now make their way. They made it from the congregation. Now they're going to be sitting with their brother deacons, uh, except for the two that will be flanking the bishop. And uh, rousing applause. No doubt these new deacons, though, are looking at their spouses. This is really one of the first times in quite a while where they can look and see their spouse because they are behind the altar facing the congregation. They can see the faces of their spouses. And you can see big smiles from the congregation. And so now we move to the uh, the third uh, phase of this ceremony, which would be the, uh, the, the sacrament of the Eucharist. And the preparation of the gifts will take place as well. I see the one of the MCs, uh, Father Ralph D'Elia, making his way to prepare the altar, along with an altar server. Uh, the other servers are processing to the back to uh, make forward the, uh, the gifts, which will come forth. Profession of faith and the creed is not said during this ordination mass. Of course, there's no collection either. Choir is singing Sicut Cervos Palestrina, just a gorgeous sing, thing to sing at an ordination. Talks about from the Psalms of uh, like a deer that runs for, uh, that longs for running streams. So my soul is thirsting for you, my God. Each one of the gift bearers comes from one of the families of the ordinandi. Uh, we've got uh, Doreen Leonard. Uh, Robert Gertis, Charles Glass, who is the son of Deacon Charles Glass, Gene uh, Gramado, uh, Connor Hurst, Christy Moore, Francis Ryan, and Meredith Marks are processing forward now with the gifts. They're going to bring these gifts right up to Bishop Parks, who is seated in his chair in his cathedra. And then eventually one of these newly ordained deacons will take those gifts and prepare Bishop's Park's chalice. He'll combine the water with a few drops, I'm sorry, the wine with a few drops of water, saying the words that happen at every Mass. By the mystery of this water and wine, may we come to share in the divinity of Christ who humbled himself to share in our humanity. Now, the role of a deacon, one of the things, or one of the many things they can do is they serve uh, next to the uh, priest who's consecrating uh, the bread uh, and the wine, um, but also uh, they uh, can witness and, and officiate weddings, mm -hmm. funerals, and baptisms. Right. And in fact, uh, John Gertis, he is the grandfather of twin children. They're six months old, have not been baptized. Tomorrow, 
he will be baptizing those grandchildren. That's great. He's been, they've been waiting on this date <laughs> to yeah. come forth. So uh, congratulations to that family. That has actually had the very same experience. Did you? With now several years after ordination, but last year I baptized your, your family? Twins. Yep. Well, in both cases. Incense will again be brought out to incense these gifts, which will become the actual body, blood, soul, and divinity of our Lord. Also being incensed will be Bishop Parks himself. I mentioned uh, John Gertis a moment ago. He, he's a uh, 84 uh, graduate of Purdue University. You know, he, I know you're a big sports fan. Yeah. He served as the, uh, worked for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at, at, at one time, was the sports information director at uh, USF, and uh, is now over at Clearwater Central Catholic High School, and um, but also served as the AD, as I mentioned earlier, at St. Pete Catholic. He'll be one of three deacons now at the cathedral named Deacon John. That's a problem. That is, because most <laughs> people call their deacons by first name, so when they say, well, Deacon John was supposed to do that, well... Which one? <laughs> so you've got to go by last name. We we had that issue at St. Stephen with two de- Deacon Mikes. Oh, there you go. Well, yeah. you know, the, it's uh, Michael and uh, John, both saints, so that's uh, great. So Bishop has now made his way uh, to the altar area to begin uh, this uh, celebration of the Eucharist. The patent is raised with the host, and now the cup of wine is raised, his chalice is raised where we thank Almighty God for these gifts. We have absolutely capable, we are not capable of anything without God. And none of these gifts could be received without the gift of God. The altar server is standing with the thurible, the incenser. Also want to mention Charles Glass, newly ordained. He's a uh, Floridian, um, married for 41 years has two children, uh, Chuck and Christopher, one son, Timothy, who passed away back in 2015. Uh, They are parishioners of St. Paul's in Tampa, and he serves currently on the Presbyteral Council and a member of the St. Francis of Assisi and Knights of Columbus Ministries. Also served as a lector on the building committee, sacristan, and uh, really just an active parishioner there and now we're going to take on uh, even a bigger role now he uh, was a police officer and uh, has gotten into um, electrical contracting now and has been all over the Caribbean doing uh, work there and um, when he's not serving at the church he likes to fish and golf and spend time with the wife and grandkids yeah, some of those activities he will not be doing as often. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Bishop Parks is making his way around the altar. He'll then hand off the thurible, the incenser, to probably Father Ralph, who will give it to one of the newly ordained deacons who will incense Bishop Parks. And then he will probably incense the remaining clergy in the cathedral, as well as all of those present here today. Again, this is a custom that dates back to our Jewish brothers and sisters. This is an ancient thing. Incense is not something invented by the Catholic Church. It is something that goes deep into the Old Testament. Oh, yeah. 
our prayers lifting from heaven, lifting to heaven, um, making sacrifices at the altar was what we read in the Old Testament. In the meantime, as the people stand to be incensed, Bishop Parks has cleansed his hands, asking the Lord to cleanse him from his sins. Pray, brothers and sisters, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. Holy Father, whose Son chose to wash the disciples' feet, and so set us an example, accept, we pray, the oblations of our service, and grant that offering ourselves as a spiritual sacrifice, we may be filled with a spirit of humility and zeal through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your Lift up your hearts. And let us give thanks to the Lord, our God. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere, to give you thanks, Lord, Holy Father, almighty and eternal God. For by the anointing of the Holy Spirit, you made your only begotten Son, High Priest of the new and eternal covenant. And by your wondrous design, we're pleased to decree that many ministries be exercised in the church. For Christ not only adorns with a royal priesthood the people he has made his own, but with a brother's kindness he also chooses men to become sharers in his sacred mystery through the laying on of hands. He chooses them to lead your holy people in charity, to nourish them with the word and strengthen them with the sacraments as they give up their lives for you and for the salvation of their brothers and sisters, they strive to be conformed to the image of Christ himself and offer you a constant witness of faith and love. And so, Lord, with all the angels and saints, we too give you thanks. As an exaltation, we acclaim.
You are indeed holy, O Lord, and all you have created rightly gives you praise. For through your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, by the power and working of the Holy Spirit, you give life to all things and make them holy. And you never cease to gather a people to yourself, so that from the rising of the sun to its setting a pure sacrifice may be offered to your name. Therefore, O Lord, we humbly implore you, by the same Spirit, graciously make holy these gifts we have brought to you for consecration, that they may become the body and blood of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, at whose command we celebrate these mysteries. For on the night he was betrayed, he himself took bread, and giving you thanks, he said the blessing, broke the bread, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it. For this is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and giving you thanks, he said the blessing, and gave the chalice to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it. For this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith. celebrate the memorial of the saving passion of your Son, his wondrous resurrection and ascension into heaven. And as we look forward to his second coming, we offer you in thanksgiving this holy and living sacrifice. Look, we pray upon the oblation of your church and recognizing the sacrificial victim by whose death you will to reconcile us to yourself. Grant that we who are nourished by the body and blood of your Son and filled with his Holy Spirit may become one body, one spirit in Christ. May he make of us an eternal offering to you so that we may obtain an inheritance with your elect, especially with the most blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with blessed Joseph, her spouse, with the apostles and glorious martyrs, and with all the saints on whose constant succession in your presence we rely for unfailing help.
be pleased to confirm in faith and charity your pilgrim church on earth with your servant Francis our Pope and Gregory our Bishop. For the order of bishops, these your servants who have been ordained today as ministers for the church, all the clergy and the entire people you have gained for your own, listen graciously to the prayers of this family. Listen graciously to the prayers of this family whom you have summoned before you. In your compassion, O merciful Father, gather to yourself all your children scattered throughout the world. To our departed brothers and sisters, and to all who were pleasing to you at their passing from this life, give kind admittance to your kingdom. There we, shall, we hope to enjoy forever the fullness of your glory, through Christ our Lord, through whom you bestow on the world all that is good. Through him, and with him, and in him, O God, almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. the Savior's command and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Lord, we pray from every evil, graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us offer each other the sign of peace. Peace be with you, Deacon. Peace be with you. 
and peace to everyone who is listening to this broadcast today. We uh, hope that the uh, presence of the Holy Spirit, our Lord Jesus, is with you both now and forever as the celebrants and concelebrants exchange peace as well as those in the cathedral sanctuary. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am now worthy. This can be an emotional time for the new deacons as for the first time they will distribute Holy Communion as ordained deacons. And it's especially emotional for them because their own family and friends are going to come receive communion from them. These are people that are responsible for their ordination. Right. These are the ones that had to sacrifice over the last five years of their program. Many of the spouses went attended the classes with them and I know at least two or three of them that got their master's degrees along with uh, the deacons. Yeah, I think the deacons get a lot of credit for the sacrifice, but really it's the entire family that sacrifices when a man is ordained into the diaconate. So uh, communion is still being distributed at the altar area amongst those that are uh, celebrating and celebrating the newly ordained. And so won't you join me now as you listen to our spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are really present in the most blessed sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire you to come spiritually into my soul. As I cannot now receive you sacramentally, come spiritually. I embrace you and unite myself wholly to you. Do not permit me ever to become separated from you. Look down upon me, good and gentle Jesus, while before your face I humbly kneel. With burning soul and prayer, I beseech you to fix into my heart lively sentiments of faith, hope, and charity, true contrition for my sins, and a firm purpose of amendment. I contemplate with great love and tender pity your five most precious wounds, pondering over them within me. 
while I call to mind the words which David the prophet said of you, dear Jesus. They have pierced my hands and my feet. They have numbered all of my bones. Amen. By giving them the heritage of Some of the newly ordained now making their way towards the people to distribute Holy Communion. This is the most sacred thing you can possibly receive in your life is Holy Communion. Holding God himself in your hands. I mean, that is really, when you think about it, and I heard this at the Eucharistic uh, encounter that we had a few weeks back here in our diocese, and I never really had heard it put that way, but, but Jesus Christ is right there at the altar, and we, he, he wants us to reach to him as he wants to be into our hearts as well. Quite literally, yeah, he wants to become a part of us, and... You know, there have been questions over the years. How long is Jesus truly present inside of you when you receive the sacred host? And I've read multiple times that it's about 15 minutes where Jesus is in you very literally. He said, this is my body. He wasn't speaking about a symbol. It is no longer bread. It is now the most sacred, quote-unquote, object that you can find on on the whole planet is this holy communion and yet when you're you're confirmed and baptized you have that mark of the holy spirit that's in you forever right can't be taken away so he's always there with you uh, and as our our priests and celebrants continue to uh move forward uh we want to continue to talk a little bit about those that have become uh newly ordained deacons uh william stephan goes by Bill. He and his wife Joy were raised in the Tampa area. Went to Lato High School, University of South Florida in Nova Southeastern. Uh, he is one of our I have a full confession here. He's one of our uh, underwriters at Spirit FM, St. Lucie's Vision Center. He created that uh, a number of years ago. and uh, But his call to the diaconate goes back gosh, some 35, 40 years. Here's some of what he had to say about his vocational calling. I uh, got that call on May 5th, 1982, believe it or not. It's, uh, my wife and I were down at the uh, seminary in Boynton Beach. We were attending a ordination for transitional deacons. Her brother was making his way through to the priesthood. And while all the men were laying to, in front of the altar, in a moment of silence, I heard this voice say, these are your brothers, this is where you belong. And I thought, well, that's interesting. I thought maybe that was a part of the Mass, but my, I asked my wife if she heard that, and she goes, uh, shh, it's quiet time. <laughs> so, so we talked about it afterwards. I got back together with her, and we, everybody went into the celebration uh, after the ordination into the social hall, and we sat down on a bench, and I said, honey, I, I think I just got a call from God to become a priest. And she says, well, there's two problems with that. First, you already have a vocation. You're married, and our first child is due in five months. And two, you're not Catholic. <laughs> so uh, it, was a, it was a very interesting time. Interesting indeed, because like we read, like we read in the, in the book of Acts, you know, there were seven men called, and one, it, it, it made a specific note, I think it was Nicanor, I think it was, that, that said uh, he was uh, a Jew. And none of the other ones that said that. Mm. And so, you know, these men, all of us get different calls for different vocations. 
no matter where we are in life. And it took uh, Deacon Bill 40 years to to answer that call. And not only did he become a deacon, he came into the Catholic Church and continued his practice and just was obedient to God's calling and movement in his life. Yeah, he listened. That's right. And we don't do that enough today, do no, we? No, no, we don't. No. Another one that said yes is Deacon Sean Ryan, married to his wife, Mervy. Their daughter is Frances, all present here, of course. They've been attending St. Stephen's in Riverview for 15 years, where they are in a host of ministries. Deacon Sean has a bachelor's in IT. He's a software developer, and he's a big Rays fan. Also likes auto racing and traveling to see the races again, things that he's not going to have as much time to do going forward. Uh, his, he actually has a challenge that he shared with us, and that is public speaking. Yeah. So, yeah. In, in fact, you had a chance to talk to him a little bit uh, before before this ceremony. I'm looking forward to serving God's people wherever He leads me, uh, wherever I'm needed. I think I'm. Yeah, I'm just looking forward to being with with everyone and, and serving them. I, I don't anticipate it being difficult to serve both the church and practice. I have a fluid workday. Uh, my personal, uh, my professional life is uh, is pretty flexible, so I don't see that being a problem. The challenge for me might be, <laughs> might be public speaking. I'm not typically comfortable. I do have to work through that challenge and uh, fully prepare myself in order to be in order to be comfortable. And I'm not sure what my duties of the parish are just yet. <laughs> you know, one of the interesting things that I've often heard over the years is, including Deacon Sean, a lot of the men don't want anybody making a big deal out of this they don't want the receptions and the parties and everything and deacon sean was one of them where right. he and mervy wanted just just do you know let it quietly happen and we'll go into service but all of our response is this is not about you anymore <laughs> your life is not your no your own as saint paul has said this is for us to celebrate now so has it been determined yet because uh, I know you recorded him a couple of weeks ago has it been determined what his services will be at the parish do you know we don't know yet but I can pretty much guarantee you he will be involved in marriage convalidations and annulments because that is something that all of the deacons do okay all right well Michael Hurst uh, he's one of our uh, other deacons that came in today originally from Baltimore resided in Plant City for the last 27 years uh, his wife Karen and he have been married 32 years this November so congratulations to them they have two grown children Connor and Kellyanne and they have some grandchildren as well and um, just continuing to grow that family um, Michael has a bachelor's degree in economics from the University of Maryland Baltimore County and he earned his master's in theology at st. Leo he's been in the insurance business for over 35 years and uh, so if you're looking for a policy or you have a claim you might want to give Michael a call it's amazing to see these guys are all so many different walks of life just like our, just like the apostles exactly. you had you had guys that were tax collectors guys that were fishermen and all in between you know the one thing we have in common with one another though is we're all sinners and praise God he has given us the sacraments to help bring us healing that's right that's right so many of these uh, men have people to thank their families um, their uh, loved ones um, you know it's been as Michael says he says this uh, formation program has been inspirational and transformational 
and he looks forward to serving the community at St. Clement out in Plant City. Um, so he continues to grow uh, in that in that role. Um, Deacon John Gertis, I said, will be uh, uh, be serving here at the cathedral, and I asked him a bit about what who who might be on his mind and who he would like to recognize to help him get to this day. You know, I could go on and on with names. You know, Father Waters was, you know, when I first decided, uh, or actually just before I decided, he was really the first priest that I went to to discuss it, and he was very encouraging. But I go back all the way, you know, to Monsignor Meehan in the early days of St. Jude's as an altar server uh, and every pastor since then. But in general, I would say the priests of the cathedral all those years, and I would say the faculty, especially the nuns, but all of the faculty at the cathedral school when I was, I graduated from there in 1976. And I don't know that I knew, well, I know that I didn't know at the time the impact they had on me, but along with the parishioners of the parish, the impact they had on me came to fruition all these years later. So I guess I would say the St. Jude Cathedral community. And uh, Deacon Mike, I think that's one of the reasons why we're called to attend a Mass, not only uh, obviously to honor, uh, give praise to God uh, as one of our Ten Commandments, obviously, but I think, you know, people can be missed when they're not at, at church. And the gifts that you bring to your faith community uh, can can just grow and grow, and, and people inspire others. Everyone inspires each other by what they share and what they do. And as Deacon uh, John Gertis said there, um, you know, he, his his influence goes back 50 years and and thanking those people in the community i know that you the people that are at saint stephen's and those that that uh, were up up north when you came into the church uh as a deacon at, at saint patrick's cathedral those people were influential in you as well oh no doubt you know you just put it very beautifully that we are all a part of the body of christ so our presence here is so important now the choir sings Ave Maria. The last person has received communion, and now the remaining Blessed Sacrament is returned to the tabernacle. But yeah, we when one of us hurts as the body members of the body of Christ, we all hurt. Um, so it really is. It's important for us to not sin and to um, when we do so to receive the sacrament because that helps the entire body.
altar servers are carrying the bishop's mitre and crozier, the headdress and the staff of the bishop that designates him as being a shepherd of the people of his diocese. And everyone, now, everyone stands now. Let us pray. Grant, O Lord, to your servants, whom you have replenished with heavenly food and drink, that for the sake of your glory and the salvation of believers, they may be found faithful as ministers of the gospel, of the sacraments, and of charity. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Please be seated. Bishop will have a few announcements here, people to thank. Just before the final blessing, I would like to offer some words of gratitude to all who have made this, I think, a, a very beautiful and, and joyful celebration today. Uh, first of all, to our organist, Christopher Burke, to our Scola director, Joe Mabini Green, to the Scola and instrumentalists, we say thank you for the beautiful, beautiful music today. I want to thank our rector here at the Cathedral of St. Jude, Father Tom Morgan, as well as the cathedral staff and sacristans for all their assistance with this liturgy today. Thank you so much. And to our cathedral servers and our MCs who serve today, thank you for your ministry. like to thank the diaconate office staff, uh, Father John Lipscomb, Deacon Jim Grevenitis, Deacon Glenn Smith, and Anna Maslanka. Thank you for all of your very dedicated ministry to preparing these men to be ordained today. Thank you. The greeters today who I believe greeted you when you came in, are currently aspirants who are in the diaconate formation program. Uh, thank you for your service today, and may God bless you as you continue your discernment. Thank you. And lastly, to the wives, families, friends, and pastors, and parishes of our newly ordained your support and encouragement throughout their journey and discernment for holy orders has led to this wonderful day. Thank you so much for your love, your prayers, and your support. May God, who has called you to the service of others in his church, Give you great zeal for all, especially the afflicted and the poor. Amen. May he who has entrusted you with preaching the gospel of Christ help you as you live according to his word to be its sincere and fervent witnesses. 
May he who has appointed you stewards of his mysteries make you imitators of his Son, Jesus Christ, and ministers of unity and peace in the world. And may Almighty God, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit descend upon you and be with you always. Amen. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. What a what a, a historic day here in the Diocese of St. Petersburg where we have eight new deacons to serve our church community, to serve the faithful, and to bring others that much closer to our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So the uh, bishop has made his way from the Canada down to the front of the altar. And the deacons, uh, some 35 to 40 plus, are now making their way to uh, recess from the cathedral, as well as the, the priests will be making their way out. And uh, everybody's taking their positions. And our position is to thank you for making this part of your day, uh, this most historic day. Uh, Deacon Mike Sweeney, I want to thank you. Uh, a different vantage point for you this, this time. Yeah, you can actually see very well from where we are broadcasting from, so I appreciated uh, being here in the booth with you. Well, thanks for adding your uh, expert commentary. I know that uh, there's something to be said about serving on the floor, but there's also something to be said about offering the commentary uh, to those who are listening to help educate the faithful on what really takes place here in our Holy Catholic Church. You know, there are over 20,000 ordained deacons in the United States, and praise be to God, that number increased by eight today. Amen. And now they are all instruments of the Almighty. Yeah. So that's going to do it here from the Cathedral of St. Jude the Apostle in St. Petersburg. Uh, Bishop Gregory Parks uh, is wait, awaiting the uh, recession of the uh, priest before he makes his way out. He'll give his bishop a blessing. Uh, to those as he processes out and we want to thank you for making this part of your day we hope you'll stay tuned to spirit fm for some more great music uh, that we can uh, we'll be playing throughout the day and this weekend join us uh, tomorrow morning at 11 a.m for sunday mass from the cathedral of saint jude the apostle in saint petersburg we want to thank fernando prieto back at the studios uh, manning the controls for spirit fm global enterprise <laughs> Thanks, Fernando, for being there, and thank you. For Spirit FM, I'm John Morris.